Welcome to KC Corner episode 171 and the Buffalo Bills stink. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Yes. They stink. And you know, to find that out on my, the evening of my birthday, having yep. my family over for dinner, wearing mm-hmm. the Josh Allen jersey, uh, watching Monday Night Football, my favorite team, and they just stink. Yeah, really the do. the second half of that game was pretty frustrating, especially how it ended, 12 men on the field. It was a, a disgusting outing. It was disgusting. But, you know, the first half, thing, the first half was not very much no, better. No, it know? was not. It definitely it was, was not. It was, it was painful. But the good news is, the Tampa Bay Lightning stink too. Yes. Yeah. And so misery loves company apparently. So all my teams are You're just a loser. Yeah, they're they're right in the toilet right now. But uh hey, but hey, Jesus loves us. There's a lot of good things happening in our lives. Uh, you know, so you know, these that's, that's pretty teams. much the message of this podcast. We're just total <laughs> losers, but Jesus loves us. Exactly. That's what we came to save. We came to <laughs> seek and to save those knuckleheads like us. If but, you came here to be lifted up, you're in the wrong place. No, uh, no so we're, we're going to get there. We'll get there. <laughs> promise. So, and we'll start with John six to get, to get there. Yeah. So we got some good stuff today. I mean, we got we have John six and seven. Um, it's right, like six sixteen through seven thirty six, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, some amazing stuff there, and I know we got First Peter uh, three to the end of First Peter, and mm-hmm. then uh, um, we also are going to chat about uh, Lamentations. I know mm-hmm. we also had uh, we we wrapped up Song of Songs last week and yep. kind of Jeremiah. So mm-hmm. let's jump into the Gospel of John. Let's do it. Okay, so here you have John. Uh, John six is, and we pick up the story right after the feeding of the five thousand. And Jesus is going to do something else amazing. He's mm-hmm. just going to walk out there on the water, you know, just kind of, hey guys, go ahead of me, get in the boat. Uh, I'll just get there my own way. And uh, <laughs> um, but what I what I love about this is the dialogue in John six is so rich. It tells us so much about Jesus's mission. It tells us so much about the confusion around Jesus. It tells us so much about who those that were drawn to Jesus, who remained with Jesus. But let's jump in and say, you know, right away in John uh, 6, verse 28, they asked Jesus, hey, what must we do to do the works of God? You know, to what must we do to inherit eternal life or do the works of God? And he says, point blank in verse 29, hey, the work of God is to believe. It's mm-hmm. to believe in the one that the Father has sent, the one that he has sent. And so, you know, you think about all that time, hey, what do I got to do to be accepted, to be loved? What do I got to do to get in? You know, you know, what test do I have to take? You know, what tryout do I have to, 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 to go through? What do I got to do? And here it is, the gospel, and again, a little bit of a verse form of, hey, it's, you believe, you mm-hmm. know, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so then they, they're going to go to ask him, well, give us a sign. I mean, hello, you just you just ate. Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers <laughs> ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, well, by the way, well, it didn't come from Moses or the Father. It came from mm-hmm. God. But he's like, I, I, I am the sign. Are you kidding me? What sign? You, you, your bellies are filled with uh, five loaves uh, and two fish and mm-hmm. all these things. And he's going to say, well, well, I'm the bread of life. And... Uh, uh, if you're hungry, you're thirsty, you come to me, you're not going to hunger or thirst anymore. But Brooks, what I really think is interesting is that Jesus is going to uh, start really delineating between those who get the gospel and those who don't. And how is that distinction? He he steps back, and I love this because um, I see that scripture teaches what's called Reformed theology where God is sovereign over all things. He's sovereign over uh, salvation, salvations of the Lord. 
And he's going to say, hey, listen, in verse 37, all that the Father has given me will come to me. And all who come, I'll never drive away. I love that passage because it's like there is a specific number that the Father has given. And and, and the, here you have here you have a picture of what took place in heaven um, be, before Jesus came, an, an agreement, a covenant that the Father has given some. You know, this is the Ephesians 1-4, before the foundations of the earth, he has chosen us, he's predestined us in him. Um and so, you know, those that the Father has given, and, and you think of John 10, we're going to get there, well, my sheep know my name, and the ones the Father's given to me, they hear my voice, they follow me. But I also love all who come, I will never drive away. So mm-hmm. I know that, you know, when I talk to people about um, things like election and things like predestination, and I, I want them to know, sometimes it's feel, they feel like, oh, it's so not fair, you know, um, well, will he drive away? People ask this question, can I come to God? Uh, can I come to Jesus? And he'll say, no, he'll reject me and say, no, uh, there's no way. Because look, at all who come, I will never drive away. Mm-hmm. Anybody who ever comes to Jesus, anyone, any tribe, tongue, nation, people, any condition, any place, anywhere, he'll never drive away. But to me, if they come to Jesus, it's a sign that they were already being drawn to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's they can't come. It says right away, no one comes to the Father unless, uh, unless the Spirit draws them, right? I mean, so you're not coming unless God is the one who is chasing after you. And so we, and I, I think it's selfish of us, we think that, oh, it's my decision to move toward Jesus. It's my decision to embrace the gospel. Well, let me tell you, uh, it is a decision that we make, but if you are making that decision, it is God's grace that is all over you, that's empowering you, that's giving you that life, that's opening up your eyes. We don't come unless the Father draws us. You know, mm-hmm. we don't call come unless the Father calls us. We don't come unless the Spirit enables us, and uh, that's the only way we come. Mm-hmm. Through this Bible reading plan, I think we kind of mentioned this last week, is this slow burn through John is a little bit easier to do because I felt like in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it's you're kind of that small section you're reading like two miracles or a quick right, little right. story or something. Yeah. This you're reading a, a pretty big in-depth section of scripture right here and that just, you know, reading 10 verses a day can really help you understand it. I think that's great insight because I, I agree with you. I mean, John takes some things and does a much deeper dive. I mean, the whole setup of his book is different than what they call the synoptic gospels. You know, it starts off differently in the beginning. It's really going to, it's going to focus on the last week of his life, starting in chapter like 12 and 13 Mm -hmm. is that's the the last through the end of it. It's just the last week of his life. And so, but it takes a deeper dive here and it's, it's some really good stuff. And then, and then as he starts unpacking who he is as a bread of life and he says things like, Hey, you know, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And they're like, what? <laughs> How you know, can this but, man give us his flesh to eat? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is what, what, is, what is they're, that? They're up like, to? what the heck are you talking you, about? You know, my my bread is true food. What? My body is true food. What? You know, so, so and, and it's interesting because I, I have said this several times over the years of my ministry, and, and it sounds very heretical, and it might be. But I would say it seems to me that Jesus is a terrible evangelist at times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I say that, I'm like, oh, oh, don't strike me down. But... You know, you have all these people and his goal, his goal wasn't that they all, his goal wasn't that they all get it. I mean, his goal was that the those whom the father has given him will get it. And uh, 
So he says some really hard teaching and it says a lot of his disciples, a lot of the followers left him. They're like, mm-hmm. this is too hard, man. This mm-hmm. is this is crazy stuff. And multiple instances after he says a parable or something and they walk away, they're like, hey, what the heck were you saying back there? Yeah, exactly. What was that? <laughs> they're they're probably like nodding along like, yeah, I get it. I oh, get yeah, it. And oh, then yeah, after yeah. class, well, they're like, hey, uh, excuse me, what, what <laughs> yeah. were you saying? I know. Well, can you go back over that again? I mean, that was crazy. So... Here you got you got a picture of this Brooks. I mean, you you, you know we, we they, he feeds the five thousand. He's up there. He's walked down the wa- water. He's got all this great teaching, and he sees the crowd leaving, and he turns to his disciples and say, "Hey, do you guys want to go too?" You know, it's it's like abandonment, and mm-hmm. uh, and then Peter is like, "Where else will we go?" Mm-hmm. I mean, that's such a powerful statement. We we believe and have come to know. I mean, that is so powerful. We believe and come to know that you're the Holy One of God, that you're, you're, you're the one. And uh, if that, that's toward the very end, I don't, I don't think I have my words exactly right. Mm-hmm. But he, he said, uh, but Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this and said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Yeah, and, and and you know, but you, so so, and do you want to leave as well? I mean, mm-hmm. I think keep keep going in that. And he says, uh, um, uh, "Where where else can we go? We have come to know and to believe that you, Peter says, mm-hmm. that you are the one, the um, Lord. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you're the Holy One of God." Uh, then he's going to remind them. By the way, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> have I not chosen you, the twelve? Yet there, there's one of you. There's a devil, and he's, he's talking about Jesus, Jesus of uh, Judas of uh, uh, Judas Iscariot. You got uh, it. There yeah. you go. Ooh, there man. you go. Yeah, that was a little scary. <laughs> that was a little scary. Um, so, he, so then you got that. Then you kind of go right into chapter seven if you're ready to jump yep. in. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're only going to cover half. And we're going to cover all that we decided. Yep. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. John 7 is kind of interesting because his brothers, his earthly brothers who aren't believing yet are kind of mocking him. It's like, oh, why don't you go down to that uh, festival of tabernacles? Go down to, you know, the temple, Jerusalem, and show yourself off. And he's like, hey, come on, guys. It's not my time yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Yet he eventually goes and and, uh, starts teaching and he's blowing everybody's mind to how great of a teacher is. And there's a great division over who Jesus is. And some will say, Hey, isn't this the Messiah? Can't this, this has got to be the Messiah. And others will say, no, 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 this is the prophet. And mm-hmm. uh, in Deuteronomy, I think it's 18 is where um, there was a promise from Moses that one will come like Moses. Uh, a prophet will come. Uh, but we know that he's so much greater than Moses. He's not just a prophet. He's the son. Um and some will say he he's the Messiah. They'll say no no no. Is it the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem? This guy's from Nazareth. This mm-hmm. guy's up there. What the heck is going on? Um, and in the middle of all that, he's saying, "Hey, by the way, on that last great day of the feast, where there's all these big huge water purification things that were happening, he's like, is anybody's thirsty? Mm-hmm. Now come to me, and I, I will give you uh, living waters. And like, oh, what in the world? It'll bubble up and you know give you life and uh, uh, a, a great." Uh, description of who he is as the one who's not only the bread of life but the one who gives living waters mm-hmm. and um 
Yeah. Ending chapter 7 there says, The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or uh, Nicodemus who had gone to him before and who was one of them said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Yeah, Nicodemus, again, kind of always emerges like out of the shadows. I mean, literally, he went to Jesus in John 3 at night and you see him stirring which mm-hmm. is pretty cool they said are you from galilee to search and see that no prophet arises from galilee yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know then here they are in their arrogance they they really felt like that they knew you know hey we know what's happening and they had no clue but mm-hmm. here you have jesus uh again i mean what what, what an amazing section from walking on water to having fed the five thousand to the bread of life discord to being in the temple and the living water a discord to the argument of who he is mm-hmm. um, and as we t- preached on sunday i guess we the royal we as i as i <laughs> preached on sunday who is jesus he's the christ he's the son of the living god i mean that's you know there was a wrestle right there in john 7 who is he and right there in the temple who is this one that has such power in his teaching and by god's grace let's go back to john 6 God, the Father, has given us the spirit that enables us to see Jesus rightly, that he is that Christ. He is the Son of the living God. Mm-hmm. He is uh, uh, the one, the, the bread of life. Yeah, Absolutely. Good, it's good, good stuff. Good good stuff. I, I'm excited to get to John 8, but we'll wait till... Uh, ooh, next week. You have to wait till... Next till, week. Yeah, next, next week. Next week's Thanksgiving. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll take the schedule off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then we got First Peter. And, uh, you know, First Peter, again, it's, it's, it's very similar to Paul where... He starts off by telling us who we are and how we got there, you know, that we've been redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb, that we are, you know, God's chosen people. That's that's like one and two. And then he tells us how to live. And, uh, you know, chapter three is going to start off with husbands and wives. And uh, one of the things I love about this is it's scandalously good. It reminds us that we are to treat our wives in a certain way. It, It seems negative hey they're a weaker vessel in the sense that they're physically different than we are but they are they're heirs of the gracious gift of life i mean they're equals i Mm -hmm. mean so once again we see male and female in god's image equals uh, ontologically in our being uh, both needed for god's story with specific roles of how we should honor love respect treat each other but we also realize that that um that that our wives um are 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 heirs of this gracious gift Mm -hmm. says likewise husband live with your wives and wives in an understanding way showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered well i love that thank you for bringing that up brooks really because Husbands, look at the command. Live with your wives in a what kind of way? Understanding. Ooh, my, ooh, <laughs> it's a big word. That's a big word. So, <laughs> so yeah, let me try to figure out the mind of a wonderful woman, you know, <laughs> and let me try to figure out their ways because, you know, their ways are, are different than a typical mm-hmm. Neanderthal man like you and me. Yes. And so, uh, you Meathead know. men like us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I'm really challenged by that. L- live with your wives in an understanding way. Mm-hmm. And I think the onus is on us to uh, not just say, ah, oh, women, you know, and blow it off and not just to, you know, kind of push it aside. But, you know, hey, let me understand. Let me understand what, what are they saying? How are they saying it? What, what's happening here? How do I put myself in their shoes? Again, it's all dignity. It's all mm-hmm. it's all elevating 
rightfully, I mean, it sounds stupid to say elevating, it's, it's giving them what they deserve. And that is, again, uh, gracious heirs of life once mm-hmm. by our side, image bearers of God, you know, figure out understanding them. That's, mm-hmm. that's good. It is. Um, and then in, in, in chapter four, it's going to be like, hey, if we're his, let's be living for God and let's be suffering as Christians. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oftentimes people think, hey, I'm going to come to Jesus and things are going to get easier. And oftentimes they, they get harder in the world. You know, we, we've drawn a line. You, you surrender your life to Jesus. In a lot of ways, that's when the battle lines are drawn. So, uh, mm-hmm. Yesterday at my grandma's funeral, I got to share a story and uh, how awesome she was. And then I read mm-hmm. this verse right here, First uh, Peter 4, 8 through 10, I believe. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Wow. wow. And I read that because uh, she always usually hosted uh, Christmas, sometimes Thanksgiving, and somehow she had more great grandkids than uh, just grandkids, like I think like 10 or 12 or something wow. like that. So it was a madhouse on Christmas yeah, with yeah. presents flying everywhere, and she sure. was always never yelling at the kids, like, keep it down or yeah, don't yeah. dirty up the house. She invited the hospitality and loved all the kids in her house. I love it. And two things that jumped out on that. Thanks for reading that. One is love covers a multitude of sins. And, you know, maybe that love that she had for her great-grandchildren covered over whatever else was doing. I mean, she led with love and... You just love that. I mean, if you really love somebody, you're you're not exposing their weaknesses. You're not exposing it. You're covering covering them up in the sense that you're not ignoring them. But you're, you know, it's a safe place. And that to me is, uh, our especially with our our wives. I mean, are we are we a safe place for them to? be who they are and kind of can we be a covering over mm-hmm. them and and then to use the gift God has given you to serve others I mean you know it's it's for his glory but it's to serve others and so you know it's our the gift he gave us but it's not for us you mm-hmm. know it's for his glory and for others and so that's that's such good good stuff Brooks the, the stories yesterday were all about uh her gift was always knowing what uh, everyone's everyone was up to all the details of their life and sometimes people didn't love that but that was her <laughs> gift she loved her kids she loved her grandkids and great grandkids yeah. and she knew every detail about them that's awesome and, uh, and and loved them and showed pictures of them all the time well listen to know all the details and love somebody is true love mm-hmm. you know um Oftentimes, like when we date, you know, we don't want to ex- show the, the dirt. You know, we want to only put our best foot forward. To, so to know, love the to know the details and love is true love for yes, sure. Yes, absolutely. That's absolutely. what that's what our God does. He knows us better than ourselves, and He loves us. And His love covers over our multitude of sins because with His, with his Son's blood. Oh, it's so good stuff. <laughs> and then chapter five, uh, if we're ready. Mm-hmm. So man, you you crushed that chapter. By the way, that was awesome. Um, we have, uh, you know, kind of some exhortations that are really helpful for the church right away about elders, you know, elders shepherd the flock that's entrusted to you without grumbling, do it with joy. I mean, you know, it's a privilege, uh, as Paul has said, that anyone who desires to be an elder, it's at the noble calling. But it also says, hey, by the way, treat elders with respect, you know, that, you know, that they, there's this beautiful, like, God has raised up the leaders and uh, leaders, make sure you love and shepherd the people joyfully. Uh, and I, I know your grandfather 
does a great job of that. He he just loves shepherding the flock, and mm-hmm. um, we should respond to him. Yeah, but it says uh, shepherd the shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. Yeah, that's 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 some great stuff. Um, and then, you know, then in, in five, it's going to remind us that we're in a battle. It's going to say, hey, the, the devil prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. I think that's uh, that's some scary stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, isn't that, you know, cast your cares on to me because I care for you? I mean, uh, yep. you know, mm-hmm. that's uh, what, what a great way to end it up is like, man, be vigilant um, because the devil's out there, but you know, be in prayer. I mean, cast your burdens cause I'm, I'm there with you. Your so. adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, mm. resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being exercised by your brotherhood throughout the world. Mm. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you wow. to him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Man, Brooks, you're crushing it. <laughs> I'm stuff. just reading stuff. That's great stuff, man. My soul's singing when you're reading it. So uh, then then we get to Lamentations. And mm-hmm. Lamentations is, uh, you know, God's good wisdom and providence right after uh, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. And, you know, this is exile. This is, this, this is judgment. I mean, this is bad stuff, what's happening. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a dark book. And by the way... We were pointing out that one of the readings we have done together with our deeper dive group talked about the book of Lamentations of how beautiful it was set up in the Hebrew mm-hmm. of how each chapter, like the first two chapters have 22 verses all kind of starting with a, the Hebrew uh, alpha going through the Hebrew alphabet. And then you get to chapter three, it's 66 verses. And so in the midst of all this pain, you have this beautiful letter that's not only beautifully uh, written um, structurally, but it just gives us some hope. And mm-hmm. again, it talks about dark times, like cannibalism. I mean, it's about as bad as it can get. Yeah, and but, it's because uh, I think we're going to start covering Job next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the little like introduction to Lamentations, it says, Lamentations does not express total perplexity as the book of Job may appear to do at times. Instead, it justifies God's punishment of Judah and offers a vindication of the prophets who predicted it. Yeah. So they're not like, why is this happening to me? They they know <laughs> the things that they did yeah, and yeah. What, what it brought upon the, them. Exactly. In the midst of the darkness, in, in chapter 3, verse 19, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness of the, and the gall. I will remember then, and my soul is downcast within me. So here it is. I remember. I deserve this. This is, you know, this is, the, this is the stuff that's happened. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love that. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good to those uh, whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so, you know, obviously the great hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, Morning by Morning, New Mercies I See, comes right out of Lamentations 3. Mm-hmm. And just think about that for just a second. Um in the midst of the darkness, we understand his great faithfulness. In the midst of the sorrow, we, we see his mercies being new. And what a beautiful reminder. There's And I got to confess, there's been mornings that I haven't seen him. And there's been mornings that I haven't felt that great faithfulness. But the reality is, 
and what he promises that they're there and uh yeah, great is his faithfulness what makes that section even better i was just looking through what it's saying in like in uh chapters one and two of lamentations there's some pretty dark terrible dark, things tar- and then horrible. it finally gets to chapter three verses 19 through 26 what we just read and there's hope at the end there's hope but then it goes back to dark and, you yeah. know, and so so it's like kind of the reality is you come to christ and you you, you find this living hope but then you're going to have some valleys to still go through until mm-hmm. we get there so but it's it's just you know for us to remember christian for those listening for us to remember that truly morning by morning new mercies we do see and if we're not we don't see them they're there and great is his faithfulness and if we don't see it, it it's true and uh he's going to get us home which mm-hmm. will be great he doesn't lose any of his sheep and uh yeah Good, good stuff. Good stuff. We're uh, we got we're we're through October now on this Bible reading plan. We have uh, November and December left, and I checked. I I thought I was like a week behind because of vacations we've had and everything, but I finished October, and then so that left fifty reading days, and at that time there was forty nine days left in the okay. uh, in the year. So Look we're we're you. good. We're on track. <laughs> we're on track. We're gonna finish this. I love it. It's good, man. We're we're great. Well, mm-hmm. some of us are actually well into November because yeah. it is November. Oh yeah, but, but, oh yeah. Know, I know. But, uh, I know. Yeah, so little, little, yeah, he's staying with it. <laughs> no, well, I'm actually uh, I'm on November twelfth uh, here. I didn't I didn't finish yesterday, so okay. There you I'm go. Only halfway through. Yep. yep. Rough day. Mm-hmm. Rough day. But it's just good, you know. It's <laughs> rough week with everything that's going on. But no, it was a great week. But anyway, any KC updates before we get out of here? Yeah, what a great Sunday having mm-hmm. uh, Brendan and Katie and Declan um, and Brendan leading us in worship Sunday. I love that and having a great a little luncheon afterwards, which was so awesome. I lo- love that as well. So, uh, um, and that's that's a big deal. Um, so, Thanksgiving's around the corner, and then Advent right after that. So, there's going to be lots of opportunities to jump in and uh, to serve and to to, to be useful for. Uh, the Christmas time to bless others like mm-hmm. we've read you know to use the gifts that you've been given to be a blessing to others so um, that's about it Brooksy I mean, this week kind of marks for uh, people in work it, it marks like a, hey we'll circle back after the new year uh, oh, or after cool. the holidays yeah, 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 time yeah, yeah, of year yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know a week before Thanksgiving yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, things maybe yeah. tend to slow down in that's, some industries cool. <laughs> but let me give a quick yeah. shout out to uh, some industries are cranking back up you think of the actress uh, strike, whatever yes. that, that actor, like I said actress because I know mm-hmm. Patty's an actress, <laughs> the actor, actress strike, strike, and that's apparently resolved and she's going to be back on set uh, mm-hmm. this that's week. That's great. So, there we uh, go. There we go. Here we go. As, as uh, some people try and put off work until January, yeah, uh, Ed, others Ed, are Ed excited to get full working. speed ahead and <laughs> she's working, uh, the director is Clint Eastwood, you know, he'll crack a whip. Yes, so, uh, absolutely. Anyway. All right. I think we've covered the whole gamut here, Brooks. We got it. We'll see you guys someday. Blessings, everybody. Bye.